Hello and welcome to another edition of the Panthers Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams, joined as always by my mother's three favorite people, me, myself, and I. We're recording this on a Thursday on the eve of the Panthers' final preseason game. The Buffalo Bills are coming to Bank of America Stadium to take on the Carolina Panthers in a game that both teams are handling differently. Coach Matt Rule has said that he plans on playing starting quarterback Baker Mayfield the entire first quarter, hopes to continue that into the second. That means, you know, we're looking at potentially five drives here, maybe six series. I don't know. I mean, I guess you hope they're longer plays. If you're a Panthers fan, you hope they're longer plays, or excuse me, longer drives, more plays, less series. I I see that. So maybe I say five. I think we're going to see five series out of Baker Mayfield and of course with Baker Mayfield being out there that means you're getting everybody else minus Christian McCaffrey (laughs) but you're getting everybody else uh you're gonna get that first team offensive line so from left to right we're talking Ike McQuanu Brady Christensen Pat Elfline Austin Corbett Taylor Moten you're gonna get Chuba back there Dan to Foreman you're gonna get DJ Moore you probably aren't gonna get Robbie Anderson due to injury not because he's Christian McCaffrey uh, you hopefully get Terrace. You're going to see Rashad Higgins, but you've seen him all preseason. You're going to see this tight end group that's eager to prove themselves in Ian Thomas and Tommy Trumbull. You're going to see the Panthers first team offense, y'all. Of course, minus CMC. And that means that it's time for this Ben McAdoo offense to start coming together. And as I said before I started name you the Panthers starting lineup like this is Madden or a depth chart or something. Uh, the Bills aren't playing most of their starters. Josh Allen won't play, so you won't see the first team offense. I don't know what that means for the defense. I would assume it means you're not going to see much of that first team defense as well, similar to how New England handled it last week when they played their starters and the Panthers did not. So the plan is, according to Matt Rule, to, again, start Baker Mayfield, have him play into the second, let Sam Darnold at some point finish the second quarter. And then you're going to see P.J. Walker probably handle most of the, if most, if not the entire second half. And then that's a wrap. The preseason will be over. It's a long month, really. Um, by the time you listen to this, you know, and I, and I want to make this podcast uh, a little more evergreen like I understand that you might not get to this till Monday maybe you get to it on a Sunday and this game will be long over so we're going to talk about you know more than just a Bills preview we're going to throw some some concepts out here that I want you to gnaw on for the weekend right like, like that chicken bone like that like that Jameis Winston dub you know what I'm saying get that uh you got to eat that W off your finger that's nasty wasn't it it's nasty um so when this team now has come together for a month now, you know, again, by the time you listen to this, it's going to be over a month since the Panthers reported to Spartanburg feels like forever, man. I mean, I know we've, we've had a, you know, a couple long years here that make a week uh, feel like it flies by sometimes, but these weeks have, have been a, been a marathon y'all from Spartanburg to DC to Boston to Foxborough back to Charlotte. It's been, it's been a marathon. It's been fun though. Uh, I appreciate y'all for 
joining me on this Panthers Tracks podcast, and I want to just keep rolling. Like I said, once we get into the regular season, we're going to have a much more uh, clear and consistent schedule. I'm hoping for three days a week. I want to get you guys a podcast right after the game at night. All of that is still a work in progress. We should have another Panthers beat writer in here to ride with us. Charlie Observer should be hiring somebody soon. I'm excited about that. I was going to record this podcast at the podcast studio, but my colleague Scott Fowler was in there working on his Legends of the Carolina series that if you have not gotten a chance to check out, please do. The Dale Earnhardt piece just dropped uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, in print today. Scott is doing an incredible job on there. Go check that out if you can. So again, I apologize if the sound is not perfect. That is because I'm in my apartment. But once the regular season starts, like I said, we'll have a consistent recording schedule to which 90, 95, if not 99% of these podcasts will be recorded in that studio. I cannot wait. But until then, I want to break down a couple topics for you. Quick rundown, like this is PTI. I want to talk a little more about Matt Corral's injury. I know last time we were on the pod, we, we talked about Matt Corral being hurt. We did not know what the injury was or the extent that he would be sidelined now that we have that information. I just want to build upon the point I made last time. Uh, I want to unpack the Panthers wide receiver concerns. Are there some? Should there be? Is it legitimate? I will break that down in a second. Then I'll throw you a little Bills preview uh, and we'll get out of here. It's a, you know, Thursday night into Friday weekend. You know, you don't, I don't need to be I don't need to be in your ear for a half hour, but we shall see. Let's start with Corral. So this injury, as I said earlier in the week, it's not worth the Panthers fans' energy to worry about Matt Corral. He was not a part of this team's plans this season, and if he was going to be, that would have meant the season got off the rails. And I'm sure all of you listening don't want that to happen. So in a way, like... Matt literally has to do put himself on the shelf. Listeners need to put the idea of Matt Corral's future on the shelf. You weren't going to find much out if anything this year anyway. And now that we know as a Liz Frank injury, we understand that he's going to need a surgical procedure that will stabilize the arch in his midfoot using plates and screws. The average NFL recovery time for one of these injuries is about 11 months data suggests that because he's not a skill position player instead of drop back quarterback, he shouldn't see any decline in his production upon return. Corral will have the procedure. And after about four to six months, he'll likely need another one to take the middle plates and screws out of his foot. He's going to have about a two month, no weight bearing period as well. Immediately after surgery means, you know, he will not be, putting any sort of pressure or walking or steps, nothing on that foot for at least six weeks. He'll begin early rehab at that time, which is going to include range of motion. So imagine like putting elevate your foot up in the air and just kind of roll your ankle. And uh, perhaps he might. Um, so one thing they, they do in rehab to, to strengthen that arch in your foot, and this might be too advanced for a list, Frank, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit. Uh, past my knowledge here, but to strengthen that arch in your foot, 
trainers will put marbles on the floor and have you pick them up with your toes. That's probably a little more advanced than what he'll be doing, you know, six weeks, six weeks out of the procedure. But I am confident eventually that type of rehab will occur to strengthen that arch. You know, you use your toes to pick up the marbles and move them into a bucket. Um, and if you try that, you could try that yourself at home. Um, and it, it gets tiring. And that's for the, again, the arch in your foot, the Liz Frank joint. So all I lay all that out just to say that Matt Carroll has a long journey ahead of him, right? Um, he's a, a young man who has dealt with adversity before. He was injured most of the offseason after hurting his ankle in his uh, bowl game last year. He didn't compete at the senior bowl because of it. He didn't throw at the combine because of it uh, and waited till his pro day to <clears throat> unload, unleash, and show that he was, he was healthy. And now we're looking at, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 months here of Matt Crowell being sidelined where he'll only get mental reps. He can still be in Baker Mayfield's hip pocket. Uh, hopefully he stays in Charlotte to rehab. Not sure about that, but um, it would make sense, especially for him being a rookie. You know, guys like Odell Beckham Jr., when he was in Cleveland, would escape to L.A. to go rehab. I mean, he wants to stay in Cleveland and live in Cleveland full time if you don't have to. Just kidding. Probably not many Browns listeners on here, but uh, shout out the land. Love y'all. <laughs> uh, bear with me. So, yeah, he'll hopefully be in Charlotte rehabbing, staying close to Ben McAdoo, staying close to Baker Mayfield. But we'll see. We shall see. He's got a, he's got a lot to endure these next this next calendar year. Speaking to medical professionals and sources, it, do, it sounds like he'll be ready to go by OTAs and, and minicamp. You know, by April, May of next year, June, he'll, he'll be ready to go. And that's, that's where we're going to leave Matt Corral. Transitioning to the concerns of the Panthers wide receivers. I need to work on my transitions. Like you can't just say transitioning to, but Hey, look, man, I'm new to this. Like every podcast I've ever done. I, I had a partner. I had, you know, a, a field of people. Sometimes I just hosted while people threw it to me or right, well, I threw it to people. Sometimes they threw it to me, yada, yada. Uh, I'm up here just talking to myself. So if anyone has any transition advice, the DMS are open. What is going on with the Carolina Panthers wide receivers? Well, first of all, Shai Smith is sounds like a budding star. Uh, Matt Rule spent Wednesday's practice talking up the second-year pro uh, who is primarily working out of the slot. This is a young man who, ever since C.J. Saunders went down, has been taking the majority, if not all, of the first-team slot reps. He is getting open across the middle, I think, of the Washington game when he helped Baker Mayfield convert two third downs, two of the three third downs Baker converted on that drive. Uh, Shy can get open against man press. He runs effectively uh, after the catch. So, you know, you're going to see him on deep unders. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, deep crosses, deep overs. You're going to see him on shallow unders. You're going to see Shy Smith beat Baker Mayfield's weapon across the middle. And I'm going to give you guys this, and I and I could very well be wrong, but as someone who has watched Baker Mayfield for uh, about half of his career, two and a half seasons, I have a feeling Shy Smith is going to turn into his Jarvis Landry. And now that's the beauty of this podcast. That's not something I'm going to go put a headline on and tweet out and you know try to start this. Hey, see, I was right type of thing. I, I'm not in it for the um, Twitter takes i'm not in it for the see look how right i was i'm just here to spit real game and, and share insight that i think is 
accurate, valuable, and informative. And to me, I am seeing Baker Mayfield hone in on Shai Smith like he was Jarvis Landry in Cleveland. And for anyone that doesn't know, Jarvis Landry has caught the most career touchdowns from Baker Mayfield. I believe it's 14. Rashard Higgins is on that list, uh, tied for third with 10. Tight end David Njoku, second with 12. Baker's thrown like 90-something touchdowns in his four-year career. If Shai Smith is Jarvis Landry to this offense, then he's going to have a big year, and Matt Rule's right. He's going to have a really impressive season. We're talking 70, maybe 80 grabs, um, potentially 1,000 yards, you know, and maybe five, six, seven touchdowns. And you say, that's crazy. DJ Moore can't even get more than four. Well, Baker throws to the middle of the field, and they're going to put Shai Smith more than they're going to put DJ there. We shall see. Maybe DJ Moore just turns into Jarvis Landry and Ben McAdoo is going to use him completely differently than we've seen him all preseason and training camp because all of this is so vanilla and they're going to show you the secret super saucy cheesecake factory cheap shot there. But Ben McAdoo offense that we've all been waiting for and that has been under wraps since he left the Giants and has spent time with the Cowboys and Jacksonville Jaguars. And now here comes the super secret offense that is going to turn DJ Moore into Jarvis Landry and have him be Wes Welker in the slot. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. I think this is more of a traditional offense uh, than anyone anticipated. This feels like a Mike McCarthy thing where, like, Mike told Tom Pelissero of NFL Network that he uh, spent an offseason acting like the 33rd team in the NFL, and him and all his homeboys sat – in a laboratory in the middle of nowhere and watched game tape and broke down analytics as they drank coffee. And when the sun goes down, had a little scotch. That's how Mike McCarthy got the Cowboys job. If you were wondering what that was about. And I'm not saying that's what Ben McAdoo pitched to Matt rule. I'm just saying there it's, it's human nature to act like you've evolved to say the right things. And then when it comes time to show your worth, you are, you know, 80, 85% of what you've always been. And what Ben McAdoo has always been is 11 personnel, three wide receivers, static pre-snap motion, quick, decisive reads, slant, flat, RB check down, post shot, come back outside, vertical one-on-one you like. That's been McAdoo's offense. We're going to see how much it's changed, but if it hasn't, then I like the – I can envision where Shai Smith's going to be. He's going to be a slot receiver. He's going to operate between the numbers, between the hashes, on option routes and slants and ends, and as I said, deep overs and shallow unders, and be productive. Draft Shai Smith in your fantasy leagues, y'all. You'll get him for nothing. I think he has a better season than Robbie Anderson, and I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago. But that is the point, the epitus of my frustration with these Panthers receivers is you just haven't seen them. You haven't seen them all out there. We have not seen DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Shai Smith, Terrace Marshall, and Rashad Higgins all practice together. Maybe like right when camp started, but even then – they were deploying C.J. Saunders as if he was Shai Smith. So that was a different concoction altogether to the meaning that Baker Mayfield has not had the time 
to develop any sort of real chemistry with any of these guys, right? Like, where's Terrace been? You heard Matt Rule say, we need, a, we need a young man to practice. And then he practices, then he doesn't, then he does, and we'll see. All I know is that as much as everyone wants to say training camp doesn't matter, and I am one of those folks, if you put – if you string three weeks of practice together, that matters. If you're out there every single day, that matters. If you have stayed healthy, that matters. If you are consistently catching passes from the first-team quarterback on routes that you can envision a player running on a Sunday, that matters. Shai Smith is going to be open underneath. He's going to be open across the middle, and Baker Mayfield's eyes are going to go directly from snap to middle of the field. He's not going to throw outside unless it's a one-on-one he likes on his first read. He's not going to hit the backside dig because – Go ask Odell Beckham Jr. about that. He's going to look across the middle. And who's going to be there? It's going to be Shai Smith. It ain't going to be one of these tight ends. We all know that. Point being, I'm concerned about Robbie Anderson. Guys in practicing, I didn't see anything that impressed me with his one practice in New England. I'm, I'm comfortable saying this. I'm rooting for Robbie Anderson. I, I said it in Spartanburg one time when I went on a little rant. That, that young man is just real. He's just that dude. He is as authentic and intuitive and creative and smart and interesting as they come in this life. He is a brilliant young man, but I'm a little concerned about what's about to happen on the football field to Robbie Anderson because we just haven't seen it. He's not making contested catches. He doesn't look strong out there, and that's not a knock on his stature. I mean, Kevin Durant can guard post players, and – he can't, can't, couldn't bench 185 pounds once, whatever that story is that we all clown KD for, who deserves no clowning. KD is the truth. Go check my Twitter. Ask about it. It's all true. But I haven't seen it. Robbie hasn't made a play since his deep post from Baker like three weeks ago that has stood out. So, and he's not practicing, like I said. So, where's the timing? You know, you can't, if you're going to get six targets a game, you can't afford for three of them to be feel outs. Like, oh, yeah, we'll get that right next time. Well, you should have been getting that right during camp. And that's what I anticipate coming for Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore, I think, is going to be fine. Ben McAdoo's going to have ways to get the ball in his hands, a la Odell Beckham Jr. We'll see what that looks like, but DJ will be fine. I have all the confidence in the world in Christian McCaffrey in this passing game. And I think I'm on the record of saying this is going to be a surprisingly good run team. Like, they're going to really be able to run the football, this team is. Like, I could see them being a top 12, top 10 running offenses, rushing offenses here. Book that. And we're going to write about – we're going to do some predictions later this upcoming week. But um, I'm confident that Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, Deonta Foreman are going to be a a nice little three-headed monster. Not worth anything in fantasy. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, Christian McCaffrey should be the first overall pick. Obviously, he's worth everything in fantasy. But, like, those two other running backs aren't going to be worth anything in fantasy other than handcuffs. But the, the collection of these parts are going to be a complete whole of a backfield. Chuba able to spell Christian. Deontay coming in on short yard situations. Christian being Christian. You know, I promise you guys that this team has already four, five, six, seven go-to plays on got-to-have-it situations just for Christian McCaffrey receiving the ball out of the backfield. Ben McAdoo has been cooking up some, some, some gadgets. And that's not like running back reverse pass. It's just route options that you can 
deploy Christian McCaffrey into out of the backfield that make him unguardable? Is he breaking out? Is he breaking in? Is he going post? Is he running by you up the seam? I mean, by God, how do you defend this young man? We, we are about to see. But he won't play on Friday, and he's not a part of the Panthers receiving core. He will catch a ton of footballs, but he's not a part of those wide receivers that I'm concerned about. Shai Smith, stock up. Robbie Anderson, stock down. DJ Moore, even. Rashad Higgins, we know what he is. CJ Saunders, we'll see if he makes a team. Same with Derek Wright. We need to see some Terrace Marshall. It's an interesting group. Interesting group. Um, by the time you hear this, perhaps they make cuts. Probably not, but uh, that could happen. I know they. We, I will not record another podcast until they make cuts. So just some players who have a lot on the line Friday. I think Brandon Zelstra sticking with the wide receivers is one of them. You know, Zelstra is a guy they love on special teams. Uh, he just hasn't really had his training camp moment. Uh, neither has Keith Kirkwood. And I already mentioned Saunders, Derek Wright, all guys who are not a lock to make this team. Defensive back is going to be a tough room to figure out. Uh, as I was going through my 53, it really came down to how many receivers they keep, how many quarterbacks they keep, and how many safeties they keep. Like, I think some of these safeties, the Tay Hayes's, the Kalen Barnes, are better than the Justin Burrises that they have at safety. But you need, you need safeties, right? So if they keep Justin Burris and cut Tay Hayes, hoping he gets the practice squad, I don't think that's because they think Tay is a better player than Justin it's just a numbers game and they need safeties and they don't have that many reliable ones right now and they've got a you know a collection of consistent cornerbacks it's been impressive what they've been able to gather I think tackle Dennis Daly has a, has a lot on the line tonight or excuse me Friday night um you know I I all offseason I've been writing about how the Panthers are this deep offensive line then I remember the pressure Matt Crowell and, and veteran PJ Walker endured against the Patriots, you know, the, the offensive line out there on the play, Matt Crowell was injured. And again, it's not the offensive line's fault necessarily. These things happen, but the quarterback was quite under duress. Uh, Daly at left tackle, Mike Horton at guard, rookie Cade Mays at center, Deontay Brown at guard, and Austin Pleasant's at right tackle, who they've already cut. I've already been on the record saying Deontay Brown's going to be cut. Cade Mays will they really like this young man because of his little five position flexibility. He's not going anywhere at nor should he. Mike Horton, probably a casualty. And I'm worried about Dennis Daly too. Like they just might cut this whole third team offensive line unless they can, unless you see something from Dennis today. And I I keep saying today, I'm using something on Friday. Um it, they're going to have some tough cuts at offensive line, but maybe it won't be that hard because these guys aren't as good as I thought they were, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. Um, and then, yeah, CJ Saunders. I know I keep talking about him, but, you know, he returned to practice Monday wearing that white Iverson sleeve. And now we're going to see him play a lot in the second half. And he probably would clear waivers. He'll probably be a practice squad guy, uh, but I'm always rooting for those little slot receivers. Okay. Um, that's about all I have. I know for this Bills game coming up, quick preview, and I mean, really quick, you just want to see this offense string together some first downs. You want to see them convert on third and medium, third and short. You want to see a touchdown or two. You want to see a field goal almost every time. You want points and you want them to move the ball. You don't want any penalties. You want clean, no delay of games. Don't take any timeouts. Let's see a crisp, smoothly operated offense from Baker Mayfield at Ben McAdoo. 
and this group of Panthers first team offense. We shall see. I'm going to get back together with y'all next week. Until then, Ellis Williams signing off of the Panthers Tracks podcast. This podcast was produced by Michaela Holder. Thank you for listening, y'all. Until next time, take care.